Grab your mason jars, strap on that apron. It's time for Canning with the Diva. Making her mark across the globe. Teaching you how to safely preserve delicious recipes. Please welcome your host, Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Welcome everyone. This is Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really happy to have you all here and super excited to talk about our fall pumpkins and winter squash. Um, I have a really fun segment put together for everyone. I want to give you some really good insight on how to easily prepare and prep your squash and pumpkins and gourds for canning. And then I have a scrumptious recipe that I created for my cookbook called the Complete Guide to Pressure Canning. I put together a delicious recipe that incorporates pumpkin and navy beans and bacon. Yes, everything is better with bacon. <laughs> so I will today go through that recipe with all of you and give you something fun and possibly new and different to enjoy uh, having on your pantry shelf this winter. So I, I know that most of us, you know, we, we appropriate fall with pumpkins and squash and gourds and things like that, you know, fall harvest fun. Um, I even have a couple pumpkins that I put out every year on my front porch. When the kids were little, we used to carve them up. And then as they got bigger, we would paint them with fun faces, sometimes scary faces. And then now as everyone's kind of older doing their thing, I'm just happy to get a couple pumpkins out there. So, so at least I'm, I'm partaking in the fall decorating. But uh, this time around, I let them sit out a lot longer than I anticipated. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't let them go to waste. Uh, so I'm going to take those two beautiful uncarved pumpkins that are sitting on my front porch and put them to good use. So with me doing that, I thought, how fun would it be to share with all of you in this podcast um, what I'm going to do with my pumpkins? And like I said, a really good recipe that my family enjoys. I actually enjoy this becomes a really nice meal for me um, when I'm in a rush and I need a quick lunch. I can put this up in pints, and that is the perfect amount for me when I am uh, needing something healthy. It gives me almost two cups of food, which is usually uh, more than enough, and uh, it's really, really wholesome in the winter, so um, I think you're really going to like it. Now, although pumpkins and squash last for months in dry storage, uh, preserving their freshness in a jar will ensure you enjoy them well into spring and summer. So even though we do get a good couple of months in dry storage, home canning and putting them up in a jar is going to extend their life exponentially, and you'll be able to enjoy them well into a year or two versus dry storage that might only give you a month or two. You know, plus having home canned pumpkin, it's a great alternative to store-bought. And I don't know about you, but if you have pets like I do, uh, my dog, I love putting a quarter cup of, of pureed pumpkin in my dog's uh, food dish. It helps give him the necessary fiber that he needs to stay fit and healthy. 
And I think he actually likes the sweetness. So when I need to spruce up, uh, you know, a, a dull uh, dog dish for him, I'll, I'll usually add uh, that quarter cup of pureed pumpkin. Now, if I'm home canning it, it's not pureed. Um, it's going to be cubed, but I just simply mash it with a fork and mix it up with his, his food and, and he seems pretty happy. So those of you out there that have pets and you create your own dog food like me, um, having pumpkins or squash, even sweet potatoes in a jar is a really nice fiber supplement for your dog. So keep that in mind as well. Even if it's not something you might enjoy, um, you could definitely put this up for your pets. Now, if you aren't like me and you've already ditched all of your fall decor, uh, you can definitely still use your homegrown pumpkins or squash, or you can head to the store because I know right now, as we are in December, um, those winter months, a lot of that fall produce starts to go on sale. And then when the winter squash starts to come in, they also will discount that. So now's a really good time to head to your local grocer and, and pick up some pumpkin or squash or gourd so that you can create this recipe. Now, I'm going to share with you some general tips and instructions for just putting up that particular fruit. And yes, it is considered a fruit, uh, whether it just be pumpkin, squash, or even sweet potato. You can take this same concept and apply it to any of these. And um, one of the biggest things I, I hear from my fellow canners is they love canning pumpkin or squash, but it's such a pain in the butt to cut up and peel. So I'm going to share with you a really easy way to um, accomplish this in your kitchen without it being a painstaking process or without chopping off a finger. Because I know those of us who've had to ever uh, cut into a butternut squash, I mean, my goodness, you almost want to have a guillotine in your kitchen to be able to make it happen because it is it is a really tough feat. So let's make it easier. All right. So first of all, when you are selecting um, any of your squash varieties, whether it's acorn, butternut, Hubbard, make sure you're choosing them with hard rinds. You know, everything has to be firm. Nothing should be squishy or mushy. Um, you want to make sure it's nice and hard. Um, and you want to make sure that there isn't any damage to it or any mold spots, okay? You want to make sure it's it's darn near pristine, and the harder the better. Now, if it's pie pumpkins you're looking to preserve, um, you definitely um, are in the right direction because unlike a large carving pumpkin, a pie pumpkin is going to be um, more pulp, uh, so it has less of the water content and it's not nearly as stringy. So that honestly um, is going to provide a really good flavor too, because th those seem to be sweeter and they are often used in um, pie making. So, you know, just make sure that if you, if you really wanted to gravitate towards pumpkin or you want to make this pumpkin with white beans and bacon recipe, and you're not using your fall decor like me, uh, definitely head to the store and get some pie pumpkins. And again, make sure that there are no blemishes, no mold, and that your pie pumpkin is still uh, very hard on the exterior. It's not soft and mushy. Now, regardless of what it is you, you're canning, whether it's that pumpkin, the gourd, the squash, uh, you're going to need about two and a half pounds for every quart jar. 
Okay. Now, if you're canning in pints, you're going to need two and a half pounds for every two pints. So do the reverse. If you already happen to have these on hand, like you've homegrown them or you already purchased them because they were on sale and now you're like, oh my goodness, what do I do with them? Weigh them. Take your, your weight and then divide it by two and a half. So let's say you tally up your pie pumpkins and you have 18 pounds of pie pumpkins. Divide that by two and a half and that's going to yield you seven quart jars. Okay. Now, if you're canning in pints, that's going to yield 14 pints. So that's how you want to work the math when it comes to something you have to weigh. Now, if you are doing butternut squash, okay, um, those are also pretty heavy and dense. And same concept. You got 18 pounds, you know you're going to yield seven quarts or 14 pints. If you have something wonky like 25 pounds, go ahead and still divide that by two and a half. And now you're going to yield seven or excuse me, 10 quarts or 20 pints. Okay, so just divide that math by two and a half and you will be able to uh, give yourself an indication of how many jars you're going to need. Now, because the interior flesh of a pumpkin or a squash is so dense, especially when you mash or puree it, it's not recommended to be home canned in such a dense state. Meaning, if you're going to pressure can this, you definitely want to put it into cubes, all right? So you can chop it into one inch or two inch cubes. And then when you go to use it down the road, you can puree it or mash it as you see fit. See, when we're home canning, we've got to make sure that in that pressure canner, as it increases in PSI, which means temperature, um, as it gets hotter, we need to make sure that the contents of the jar also get to the temperature we need in order to kill harmful bacteria. So that center mass of every jar is very important. Now we really only have to worry about it when things are dense. So if you have a thicker stew or a large cut of meat, that is why we have the increased processing times to make sure that overall, every single molecule within that jar is touched by a certain temperature to kill any harmful pathogens. Well, when squash or pumpkin is pureed, it is so dense, it almost becomes uh, like without any moisture. And so there have been some very rare, but they happen. There's been some rare cases in the past where individuals pureed their pumpkin um, mixture and then they, they processed it and the center mass didn't get hot enough for long enough and it grew bacteria and people got sick. Now, just because it grew bacteria didn't mean it grew botulism, but food poisoning is food poisoning and, and it's it could be a rough go. And depending on how many other health elements you have, it could it could potentially kill you if it's a real bad case. However, there's really nothing noted in any recent times of this happening, but because it happened quite often back in the 30s and 40s, they've advised us, they being the USDA and the National Center for Home Food Preservation, they advised us or recommended we not can anything as dense as pumpkin or squash pureed in a jar. Now, I know many of you have successfully done so, 
and kudos to you. Uh, my hat's off. I'm, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. And I'm not going to tell you what to do in your own home kitchen. But for those of you that are tuning in, you're new to canning, I want you to learn this way of doing it because this is what has been proven to be safest. And then down the road, as you feel like, you know, you're no longer wet behind the ears, if you want to off-road and, and work on experimenting in your own home, that is entirely up to you. But for the sake of today's segment, and as the canning diva, I definitely advocate for putting all of your squash and pumpkin into one inch or two inch cubes, and then you're going to cover those with water and pressure can. Let me get into that a little bit more for you. Now, when you're prepping your pumpkin or your squash, you want to make sure you wash the exterior. Uh, definitely do so over running water, okay? Rinse off any dirt or debris. And if you feel you need to use a vegetable brush to get into any crevices, please do so. Now, take a fork, and I want you to poke the pie pumpkin or the squash all over the skin with the tines of the fork. I want you to put little holes all over it. Now, if you have a very large pumpkin, like me, who I've got to now go cut up my fall decor, <laughs> you want to quarter that, remove all the seeds, okay? Use a large spoon, scoop them all out. And then you want to place peel side up in a very large dish. Regardless of which route you're taking, you then microwave your pumpkins or your squash on high for three minutes. After doing so, remove them using, you know, either your, your hot pads or for me, I have my waterproof, uh, heatproof canning mitts. I love those things. Those are Orca mitts. Highly recommend those. But um, remove that from the microwave. And then whether you have a peeler or a paring knife, just go ahead and, and carefully remove the skin. And honestly, after those three minutes, it should fall off very easily. If you didn't microwave it ahead of time, you can still peel it. It is just a painstaking process because that skin is on there like cement. I mean, it's like crazy glue. It's not coming off very easily. It will come off, but it's just going to take you a while. If you have smaller um, pieces and you'd like to blanch it, go right ahead. But we all know that even a pumpkin pie, uh, excuse me, a uh, a pumpkin pie, even a uh, pie pumpkin, say that 10 times fast, it's pretty large, right? So it's an acorn squash. So trying to blanch that is going to be a real pain in the butt. So go ahead and just pop it in the microwave and you'll be impressed at how easily after three minutes, it's going to peel that skin right off. Now, once everything is peeled, go ahead and cut the flesh into either one inch or two inch cubes. Now, the reason I give you two sizes is it depends on what you're doing, right? If you're just putting this up in a jar with water and you're trying to maximize space and you want to get as much yield as possible, um, you're going to be mashing or pureeing it down the road, then two inch cubes, three inch cubes, it doesn't really matter at that point. You just need to cut it up and make sure that whatever you're putting into a jar is uniform in size. However, when you're making recipes like my pumpkin with white beans and bacon, you want to think about that cube size as if it's on the end of your fork. Like how big would you really want it to be when you're eating that meal? So when you're doing the pumpkin with white beans and bacon, you're going to cut that up smaller because it's part of a, of a bigger recipe, right? So that's why I give you a variety of sizes because ultimately it depends on what you're doing with it, and how you intend to use it. 
Now, if you wanted to just go ahead and get some pumpkin or squash in a jar to have on hand for later, you can easily raw pack those cubes into clean jars, making sure you leave a generous one inch headspace. Then once all of your jars are packed, ladle hot water over top of the cubes and fill it to a generous one inch headspace. And the reason we're calling for a generous inch is we want to give everything enough room so that that way uh, you aren't dealing with siphoning. We wanna keep everything covered in water. Wipe your jar rims with a washcloth dipped in vinegar and place your prepared lids and rings on each jar and hand tighten. Now you're gonna process these in a pressure canner at 10 pounds of pressure if you're using a weighted gauge or 11 pounds of pressure if you're using a dial gauge. Your pints are gonna process for 55 minutes and your quarts are gonna process for 90 minutes. And of course, if you're living in a higher elevation, make sure you adjust your PSI accordingly because you're probably gonna need to increase it to 15 PSI. Okay, now what if you don't want pumpkins or squash in a jar with water? You're saying to me, Diane, enough with the pumpkin. I don't want a, I don't want to have just squash in a jar. I want a meal. I want something with flavor that I can heat and eat later. Well, then this podcast is for you, my fellow canners, because I absolutely love this recipe. My pumpkins with white beans and bacon is one of my most flavorful yet simple canning recipes. Now, I created this back when I was writing the Complete Guide to Pressure Canning a couple years ago. And, you know, I, I was telling everybody when I, I went on TV to talk about my book to promote it, and this recipe came up, and I said, you know, the beauty with pressure canning is if you're not a meat eater, don't worry about it. You can omit the bacon. You don't even need to put it in there. You Are you vegan? Okay, no problem. You can use vegetable broth instead of chicken broth. And then best fun of all, what if you're not even a fan of pumpkins? Okay, cool. You don't have to put a pumpkin in this recipe. Go ahead and substitute it with a butternut squash. You know, the beauty is you can create this recipe to suit your lifestyle. So for those of you, however, who are just like me and you want to eat it the way I created it, go ahead and, and create the most perfect combination of flavors in a jar. It's going to give you sustenance on a cold day. And I tell you what, the fun, the fun I had making this is playing with the, the flavors. I added a tinge of red wine vinegar and, and it gives the recipe just a very light tang. And then what I appreciate is the, the sweetness from the pumpkin just really, I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, you, you got to make it. And then there's just a touch of oregano, a little bit of salt and pepper, super easy, not a lot of ingredients. And I guarantee you everything that's in this recipe, you probably already have in your home pantry or kitchen. So you'll be able to make this uh, recipe this weekend. Okay. So let's dive into the recipe. Here's the list of ingredients. So make sure that you grab a pen and paper. Uh, this recipe is going to make approximately six quarts or 12 pints. You're going to start with two and a half cups of dried navy or great northern beans. If you don't, any white bean will work. So even if you have a cannelli bean or a northern bean, navy, I, I gravitate towards navy because I usually have those dried in the house, but any white bean will do. Make sure that it's similar in size. 12 slices of bacon. You're going to have two small pie pumpkins. And just like I shared earlier, 
you'll peel them and put those into one inch pieces. Two tablespoons of dried oregano, one teaspoon of coarse sea salt, a half a teaspoon of ground black pepper, six cups of chicken broth, four cups of water, and three tablespoons of red wine vinegar. Now what you're gonna do is thoroughly rinse and clean those dried beans. You're gonna discard anything that's disfigured or shriveled up. Make sure you get rid of any rocks or debris. Once your beans are clean, go ahead and set them aside. Cut the bacon into two inch long pieces using your kitchen scissors and place the bacon pieces into a large stock pot. On medium heat, cook the bacon for about five minutes or until the pieces are slightly crisp. You still want them pliable. You don't want them hard and burnt. They definitely just need to be slightly cooked and then go ahead and get that bacon right out of the stock pot, set it off to the side. Be sure to leave all the bacon drippings in that stock pot. Now, remove the stem from each pie pumpkin like you would a jack-o'-lantern and slicing downward from the opening, cut the pie pumpkin lengthwise into long quarters. Go ahead and get everything into one inch cubes and use my microwave tip to go ahead and peel it. Make it easy on yourself, right? Now, once everything is cut into one inch cubes, add those pumpkins to the stock pot. Add your oregano, your salt and your pepper and mix well. The goal here is to lightly brown the pumpkin pieces. So on medium high heat for about six to eight minutes, toss the pumpkins and let them coat fully in the bacon drippings. Now add the chicken broth, the crumbled bacon or cut bacon, and dried beans to the stock pot. Go ahead and give everything a real good stir. You're going to bring it to a boil over medium high heat. And once it's at a boil, you're gonna reduce the heat and simmer for five minutes. Add the water and the red wine vinegar and return it to a boil. Boil it for two minutes, then remove it from heat. All right, so now, Use a slotted spoon, and the reason I don't want you to ladle this recipe is I want you to first make sure that all of your jars are filled with a good ratio of pumpkin, beans, and bacon before you go ahead and add all of the liquid. Once you have a good ratio divided amongst either those six quarts or 12 pints, ladle the hot pumpkin broth over the mixture, being sure to leave a one-inch headspace. I want you to tamp each jar. And what I mean by that is after everything has the, the liquid and the beans, everything's full, I want you to take that jar. I want you to just kind of gently knock it on the countertop. Make sure that obviously nothing is going to break. So if you happen to have stonework or you happen to have uh, any type of, of surface that might be too abrasive to the glass jar, definitely tamp it on a cutting board. But you get what I'm saying. The goal is to agitate that just ever so slightly so that you're removing any bubbles from the base of that jar. If you need to use your air bubble remover tool, go ahead and do so. Just make sure that you're adding any additional liquid as necessary because you need to maintain that one inch headspace. Wipe each jar rim with a washcloth dipped in vinegar and go ahead and get those lids and rings on there and hand tighten. Now, everything is going to process in a pressure canner just as we would the, the previous recipe. So 
you're going to do 10 PSI for a weighted gauge or 11 PSI for a dial gauge, okay? And you are going to process the pints for 75 minutes and the quarts for 90 minutes. If you're in higher elevation, make sure you adjust your PSI accordingly. Okay, there you have it. See how simple that was? Now, the beauty is you can serve this as it is, just heat it up and go. Um, there have been times I'll even make some warm biscuits. Um, there's times I just have soda crackers. You know, I really, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing person on my lunches. I don't want to get uh, too overly full because these two cups is, is more than enough. You're getting plenty of protein, getting a variety of flavors. It's providing you a lot of sustenance. So truly delicious, perfect timing, whether you're using up your Halloween decor like me or your fall pumpkins or your squash harvest, or you're taking advantage of savings at the supermarket, have fun creating and canning and of course, consuming my recipe, pumpkins with white beans and bacon. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I look forward to being together next week where we're going to dive into a lot of fun canning recipes. I've got some really exciting segments coming up. Stay tuned for things like pressure canning hearty beef stew, home canning nature's penicillin chicken soup, the top 10 rules of pressure canning, and we're going to even get into canning fish stock and some small game. So definitely keep Keep tuning in, tell your friends, tell your family, share my podcasts with those that also appreciate this fine craft or who are just interested in getting started. I look forward to being together. I'm Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Happy canning. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Canning with the Diva. For tips, recipes, and techniques, please visit us online at canningdiva.com.